A reading from Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk into the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin, but if we have died with Christ, we, so we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no, no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading. Good morning. Sounds like a heavy reading for today. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. <clears throat> One of the reasons um, we chose this reading for today uh, is the topic, the theme of reflection that our pastors and um, University Chapel have chosen for us this semester, which is God with. Now you can hear a little bit of the God with in Paul's language in the English. Um, it's even more powerful in the Greek, uh, but it's a bit long, so I'm, I'm not going to read it to you, but I want to highlight three words where Paul takes the with preposition and sticks it on the verb and therefore creates this very intimate kind of condition, a together with, if you will. And we can think about together with as together with our family, together with our friends, this kind of thing. But to be together with in dying and rising, that's pretty close, I think, pretty intimate. So look at these three words with me. Um, the first one uh, comes in Romans 6, 4. Sunatafemin. Sunatafemin. We were buried together with. Anybody been buried? I mean, you've been buried under your books and your work and all the telephone calls and emails and appointments and all of that. Um, but to be six feet under in the coffin, as it were, or locked up in the rock cave and the stone rolled over. I mean, that's a pretty dramatic to be buried with, together with. The next verse is, um, the next with preposition that comes is sort of the opposite of that. In 6.5, Paul writes, sumfutoi gegonamen, sumfutoi gegonamen. Knit together with, or grown together with. It's a, it's a, 
It's what happens in springtime, right? The plants grow, the trees grow. We have that wonderful hymn of the tree extending out and the people becoming part of it together with Christ. We are grown together with Christ. And then the third verb is in 6.8, suzesalmen. Now this is wonderful because in some of the manuscripts, it's a future verb, and some of the manuscripts, it's a conditional verb. Now that doesn't mean very much until I tell you what it is. Suze Salmin, we will live together with, or that we might live together with. All right. So the editors think that Paul meant the future, which is more concrete and more Paul-like. It will happen. Um, the resurrection, the living together with is there. It's tangible. It's touchable. And in fact, if Paul is right, we have died with Christ, then we will be raised with Christ. This is what he's saying. So grown together in the likeness of Christ's death, dying, or being buried with, and then living with. <clears throat> now this sounds all very theological and ethereal and up in the air, beautiful, poetic, disturbing, comforting, all of the above, uh, or just confusing. But there's definitely one obvious problem. And here's the problem. We're not actually dead. We didn't die together with anybody. Right, you're still breathing? Everybody, everybody test it out. Still breathing, we're still here, we're still going. So this is an obvious problem. He says, we died together with Christ. The other problem is that we are not, I think, resurrected yet. Anybody glowing? Do you have a special body impervious to the weather? No? Okay. So we don't have the resurrection body yet. This was the Corinthians problem. They thought they, were, they had their resurrection bodies. They thought they were done. They thought it was all given to them, golden, they could do anything now. Sort of like you put the Superman power protector on and you're good to go. But so far as I can tell, we're not dead and we're not resurrected. So is this metaphorical language? Yeah, sure dying with Christ in, in your baptism. That's metaphorical, that's symbolic. You know, the people who do it right, they dunk you all the way under, sig symbolically saying, I'm Presbyterian, we don't actually do this, so we don't do it right. But dunking all the way under, <laughs> you die. You rise back up again. Presbyterians say we can just symbolize with a little water on the head. That's as close as we get to the whole immersion thing. Um, symbolic. Perhaps the way he's talking about it in this context, you know, it is just symbolic. It's a, it's a spiritual death to sin and arising again. Oh, wait a minute. We ran into another problem. Did y'all sin today? No? <laughs> Excellent. I can't say the same. <laughs> 405 traffic. So if... If we're still sinning, then we didn't die to sin. Ah, oh, this gets really complicated. So I don't think that Paul is speaking spiritually. I actually don't think he's speaking only symbolically. And I don't think he's speaking metaphorically. 
This leaves us with literally, which I said was a problem. But this seems to be the same point in Romans 6 that Paul is making elsewhere, namely that we did die with Christ, we will rise with Christ, because we are living with Christ now. For Paul, it's always a now and not yet. So it happened, but it's still happening, and it will happen. I mean, it's, it's all of that. I don't know how he stretches himself out over the d- general time frames that we all work in, past, present, and future. But he seems to hold them together and move beyond these limitations. So for Paul, dying with Christ, rising with Christ, is participation in Christ living here and now. And he's going to make this um, in a two-part assertion. First, he says, in our baptism, we become part of Christ's resurrection body. Here's the literal. We are part of Christ's resurrection body here and now. We are part of the real and present body of Christ. That is, we are part of Christ's people, the corporate body of Christ. This is the Lord that was resurrected and appeared to, to um, Paul on the road, right? All those Christians he was persecuting, the resurrected body of Christ, the corporate body of Christ, the mobile-footed, inelegant sometimes body of Christ moving across the earth. So shake hands with your neighbor. Right, left, it doesn't matter, both good behind you, in front of you. Zach, reach out to somebody there. Your fault, you got to cross all those seats. (laughs) There you go, there you go. All right. Shake hands. You have just touched the body of Christ. Want to do it again? (laughs) When we part, this is the second point. When we participate in each other's lives, we are participating in the body of Christ. Now, we are imperfect, right? There's still, we swim in in a, a world of sin, okay. But Christ has been resurrected and is present in the body, moving, breathing, living, touching, handing, shaking hands, lifting up. And especially when we participate with each other in justice, in shared suffering, that is compassion. Now, I don't, Latin, you know, does the C-O-M thing. But um, in Greek, the with is S-U-N. Am I right, guy? And then the compassion, we get that from Latin. C-O-M, community, communion. That's the with, right? It's just different language. Same with, same preposition. Shared suffering, shared joys, shared trials. And watch this, shared dying. Now think about Mother Teresa, who accompanied so many people and just was together with them in their passing. That is a suffering with. And if that's not sitting at the foot of the cross, sharing in Christ's crucifixion, I'm not sure what is. But you know someone who's suffering, and you have sat with them. And so you have been a part of the body of Christ in or at the foot of the cross going through the suffering that we all go through. 
This is participating in Christ, when we live out Christ's faithfulness to God, the God who is with us, as our theme says. Archbishop Oscar Romero once said, if they kill me, I will rise again in the people of El Salvador. Wait a minute, I thought that was Jesus. Didn't Jesus say that? Close. How can the archbishop say that if they kill me, when they kill me, serving communion, touching the body and the blood of Christ, when they kill me, I will rise again in the people. Because the people are the resurrection body. That's how Christ works in the world. That's how God is with the world. Gustavo Gutierrez, who's a Peruvian priest, says it this way. And he's going to change the language just a little bit. He says, to participate in the process of liberation. And for him, this means social consciousness, political liberation, being able to speak up for yourself, empowered voices, spiritual liberation. He says, to participate in the process of liberation is already a salvific work. For Gutierrez, helping people to be liberated from emotional trauma, physical trauma, a difficult situation, abusive spouse, uh, rental issues, losing their job, um, uh, undocumented status, all of these things. Participating in that liberation here, now, in the material, real world, is the work of salvation. Totally different from a spiritualized salvation. Very different. But I think Gutierrez and Romero have understood Paul. It can sound to us like Romans 6 is a metaphor. But Paul is so insistent, I don't think he's speaking metaphorically. I think he is quite literally pointing us to the with Godness, the God withness, the participation in Christ that we live out as we live out Christ's faithfulness. Another example would be in Philippians, where Paul writes that he is in prison, but people see his chains as a revelation of Christ. Well, how do they, how do they make that connection? How do they see that? How do they see a real-world prison situation and recognize Christ in that? Margaret Fell, who was one of the founding Quakers, um, her husband was a judge in England, and she would walk, and she would go visit people in prison because they didn't have food or the right conditions or these things. And she would go be with them in prison. She didn't ask if they were Quaker first. She didn't ask if they were Christian first. But she would go be with them. And she saw Christ, not in herself doing the service, but in the person who was in prison that she was going to be with. Because that kind of suffering is the kind of suffering that Christ took on. Back to Philippians again. When Paul's friend Timothy visits Philippi, the Philippians receive Christ. How do they receive Christ? Timothy walks in the door. He says, hey, I got a letter from Paul. And they go, oh, my God, let's embrace Christ. Timothy is Christ for them. Why? Paul says because Timothy has the humility of putting others others' best interests before his best interests. 
I'm going to go do what's best for them. I'm going to help them out. Might be good for me too, but I'm going to decide it by doing what's good for them. The Philippians minister Epaphroditus risks his life to serve Paul on behalf of the Philippians. Paul receives Epaphroditus and says, welcome, brother Christ. Epaphroditus has embodied Christ's faithfulness, Paul says, until death. Epaphroditus was willing to make the journey and get sick on the way to prison and not make it and have people worry about him because he was living out Christ's faithfulness. And so when Paul finally gets to hug Epaphroditus when he arrives in prison, he is touching Christ. This is how Paul interprets it. In other words, for Paul, living out Christ's faithfulness with each other is both embodying Christ ourselves and participating in the resurrected body of Christ, of which we are a small part. So let's take this one step further. How do we live out Christ's faithfulness? Not in a symbolic way, not in a baptismal way, but in an everyday vocational, committed kind of way. In death, crucifixion, and resurrection. Don't see much of that these days, or do you? According to Paul's understanding of participation, we go and stand with those who are suffering. Compassion, suffering with. And when we stand with people who, like Jesus, are accused but are innocent, are tortured and discarded, are having a rough time, separated from family, then we are standing with Christ. For Jesus, even participation and faithfulness to God, being God with in the world, meant eating with, walking with, suffering with, standing with, talking with. The true communion here is a corporate kind of sacrament, and it's intimate, but it is also boring sometimes. sitting next to someone else, offering a hand, helping out. I want to talk just very briefly about um, some of the work uh, our students at CLU did in 2005. Some of the housekeepers in humanities came to um, some of the professors and other staff and maybe some of the students and said, Things aren't going very well for us, and we're having trouble making ends meet, and our management is not helping us with that. Can you help? And we said, well, we can't really help. Um, You're contracted with someone else, you know, an external contractor. Um, So we, we can't control what your managers are doing. But then we said, well, how do we stand with you? How do we hear you? How do we work with you? And so a bunch of students got together and they said, hey, well, let's try out and see what it's like to be a, um, what it's like to be a housekeeper. And they made movies of going around with the housekeepers. And they thought about it. And they went and they talked with the management and they went and talked with our uh, deans and supervisors and VPs who are in charge of uh, facilities and maintenance and how people are treated. And the way that turned out after a good long stretch of negotiation 
was that the housekeepers were brought in to be hired directly by CLU. And some of their work issues went away. So this is one example of solidarity, of standing with, of trying to understand, you know, you don't have to go to where somebody's being tortured in some other country. Let's just stand with people who have difficulty in their workspace today. And as some of you know, and I know students have been talking to me um, about the dining hall and conditions in the dining hall have not been good for 10 years, I don't know. As long as I've been here, students have been raising this with me and with others. And I know that some of you are standing with the dining hall workers and saying, you know, they're having a difficult time, communication is not good with the management at Sodexo. What can CLU do? How can we help? I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. But there is a place where something is happening on our campus where people have been suffering for lack of clear processes, lack of clear communication, um, and maybe more egregious wrongs. And there's a place where we could get involved and say, how can we help you in your situation that is taking place on campus? You serve us food every day. You clean up after us every day. You work with us every day. How can we stand with you? And just ask that question. I don't want to take sides and I don't want to get involved in things that I don't understand, like union contracts and subcontracting and all of these things. But I do want to suggest that when we reflect on God with and when we talk about with each other what it means to participate in Christ and to live out the faithfulness of Christ, that there may be ways in talking to each other when we hear about something going wrong that we could stand with, talk with, encourage, be a part of in ways that we may not have been before or maybe we have been before and find out more about what's going on. The good news is that Paul says resurrection is certain. You are part of the body. You are part of the resurrected body. And I don't think Paul went around to every toe and finger and said, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? I think what he said was, this is our community. Be a part of it. Walk with each other. So I would encourage you at CLU, in your neighborhood here, with whom are you walking? And with whom are you talking? And how are you embodying God with? And how are you participating in the body of Christ? Amen.